Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 5th of October. COVID-19 cases in India rose by 74,000 in the last 24 hours, taking the total tally in the country to over 66 lakhs or 6.6 million. The death toll increased by over 900 to cross 1 lakh 2,000. However, the country's recovery rate stands at 84% now. The Union Health Ministry of India claimed that the country has reached a landmark achievement as active COVID-19 cases have continued to be less than 10 lakh in the last two weeks. The ministry attributed this achievement to the centre-led strategies of test, track, trace, treat technology, which have been followed by the states and union territory governments as a part of the whole of the government's approach. The ministry also boasted of India exceeding the World Health Organization's benchmark of 140 tests per day per million population by around six times. The Supreme Court of India, meanwhile, has given the Reserve Bank of India a week to reply to various pleas that demand an interest waiver on loans during moratorium. The matter will be heard by the court on 13th of October. At least 27 students have tested positive for COVID-19 in Vizianagaram district of Andhra Pradesh. They belong to two schools which had informally held classes with permission from their parents. A local education officer said that this happened despite the schools following all precautions. Nine students also tested positive in another school out of which six have been put under institutional care. The Uttar Pradesh police, currently under fire for their handling of the investigation into the Hathras Dalit girls' assault and alleged gang rape by four upper-caste Thakur men, have filed an FIR against unknown people for allegedly using the tragedy to cause caste and communal violence. The FIR, which was filed on 4th of October at the Chanpa police station, alleges an international plot to instigate violence and defame the Yogi Adityanath regime. It also invokes provisions related to sedition, promoting enmity between groups, acts to disturb harmony, assertions prejudicial to national integration and intent to incite. At a recent meeting with BJP workers, Chief Minister Ajay Bisht, also known as Yogi Adityanath, had asked them to expose those who want to incite caste and communal riots. In recent days, BJP functionaries have accused journalists of coaching the girl's family to speak out against the government and generally misreporting on the matter. The police also said that the investigation into the conspiracy will cover allegations that unknown persons were trying to mislead the girl's family and were harming society by putting up provocative posts on social media. The Indian Express reported that a website called Justice for Hatras Victim, which has helped mobilise protests seeking justice for the Dalit girl, is under the police's scanner. An FIR was also filed against Bhim Army Chief Chandrasekhar Azad and 400 others who visited Hatras yesterday for failing to comply with Section 144, which disallows a gathering of more than four people. It is important to note that yesterday, a huge meeting of upper-caste Thakur men from around villages of Hathras had taken place at a local BJP leader's house. Not just that, upper-caste Thakurs too held a protest in support of the accused outside the Dalit girls' village. The Gautam Nagar police has also registered an FIR against hundreds of Congress workers who had gathered in Noida near the UP-Delhi border on Saturday to protest against the Hathras incident. Meanwhile, today, Ahmadmi Party MP from Delhi, Sanjay Singh, along with other leaders of the party, also visited Hathras to assess the situation. Singh was attacked with ink on reaching the village. 
In a video of the incident, an unidentified man can be seen raising slogans while throwing ink at Singh, who was immediately rushed to the safety of his vehicle. The attacker, however, was overpowered on the spot. Despite the clampdown by the Uttar Pradesh government, protests have continued across various parts of the country. In Maharashtra, Mahila Congress workers sat in protest against the crime. Congress also organized a protest in Gujarat against the Hatras incident. Indians living in the United States have also staged protests that were organized by the Ambedkar International Mission. A joint delegation of the Communist Party of India Marxist and the Communist Party of India will also be visiting Hatras in Uttar Pradesh tomorrow to meet the victims' family members. The delegation will include Sitaram Yachuri, D. Raja and Brinda Karat, among others. A section of sanitation workers from the Valmiki community, the same as the victims, have also been on strike in Agra since September 30th to demand justice for the Hatras victim. According to officials from the Municipal Corporation, the Valmiki community gave a call for a strike on September 30th, after which 5,000 of its members, employed as sweepers, garbage collectors and garbage van drivers, refused to report to work across the city. The strike took a confrontational turn on Saturday with workers damaging eight of the corporation's garbage collection vehicles and allegedly pelting stones at policemen near the Koti Mina Bazaar area where the corporation office is located. Some protesters were left injured as the police resorted to lati charge. Amid these protests, the Uttar Pradesh police continues to deny rape in the incident. They are doing it on the basis of a forensic report that suggests that there were no signs of suggestive intercourse. However, Dr. Azim Malik and Dr. Hamza Malik of the Aligarh Hospital, where the victim was first admitted, claimed that this report could not be trusted. Dr. Azim said, and I quote, The samples were collected 11 days after the woman was allegedly raped, while government guidelines strictly say that forensic evidence can only be found up to 96 hours after the incident. Unquote. News Laundry reporter Nidhi, who has been covering the story, looked at medical records, accounts of the victim's relatives, and based on those, she found that the Uttar Pradesh police's handling of the investigation shows that the claim that she wasn't raped doesn't hold up. There are multiple loopholes in their claims. For example, the postmortem report mentions an old healed anal tear but does not specify how old. Given the postmortem was done 15 days after the assault, it is possible that the injury might have healed or begun to heal even if it had been sustained during the crime. So why was the age of the injury not mentioned? The postmortem report produced at the Safdarjung Hospital by three senior doctors on September 29th does not mention a rape examination in the history of the case even though one had been conducted eight days prior to the victim's death. The death summary produced by the same hospital, on the other hand, mentions rape and strangulation on September 14th. This raises the question, had the Aligarh Hospital not handed over the rape examination report to the Safdarjung Hospital or did the Delhi Hospital not take cognizance of it? There are multiple such lacunae in the investigation that Nidhi has pointed out in her report titled Hatras Girl Wasn't Rape, UP Police Say. Wasn't she? You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. Meanwhile, BJP legislator from Uttar Pradesh, Surendra Singh, has lashed out at Congress leader Rahul Gandhi and called him a man of foreign mentality who should learn nationalism and the country's culture from nationalists. He also alleged that the leader was totally ignorant about Indian culture. These remarks came after Rahul Gandhi retaliated against Singh's remarks that rape can be prevented if women are raised with sanskar or good values and not with good governance. 
Also, listeners, I highly recommend you watch the episode of News Laundry Interviews where Abhinandan spoke to Dr. Suraj Yengre, a noted scholar of caste issues at Howard University, who is also the author of the bestseller book called Caste Matters. Here is a snippet from their conversation. We sent that man, the father of this boy, into the manhole to clean our shit. We can't even hold our shit in our hands. I challenge all of India to shit in their on their own hands and hold it for 10 seconds. We want an entire human being to bath in our excreta. How dehuman we are. I don't see anywhere in the world such cruelty imposed on others. That means Dalits are lower than our shit. They don't even desire the recognition because the shit is flushed and gone away from our eyes. Dalits are not. We are asking them to constantly be beneath the dignity of our excreta. So they go. Dear listeners, to help us keep bringing you ground reports, interviews and podcasts like these, please do subscribe to News Laundry. As most of you know, News Laundry is a 100% ad-free news platform and we need your support to stay afloat. So hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Rashtriya Jantadal leader Tejasvi Yadav, Tej Pratap Yadav and four others have been booked for the murder of Dalit leader and former RJD leader Shakti Malik in Bihar. Shakti Malik was shot on October 4th at his residence and a pistol was seized from his room. The superintendent of police Vishal Sharma said and I quote, The deceased's wife Khushbu Devi has lodged an FIR against Tejasvi Yadav, Tej Pratap Yadav and four others at the local Khajanchi Hard police station for hatching a conspiracy to kill her husband. Unquote. In a video posted earlier, Malik had made allegations against Tejasvi Yadav and a Mr. Sadhu for demanding 50 lakh rupees to contest the election on an RJD ticket. He was expelled from the party after the video went viral. His wife claimed that he had even been eliminated by RJD leaders since he was planning to fight elections independently. The governing Jantadal United leader Ajay Alok demanded a CBI probe into the incident. However, RJD leaders have termed the allegations against them to be politically motivated. At least two CRPF personnel were killed and three others were injured after alleged militants fired in Pulwama district of Jammu and Kashmir. The incident took place when the troops were carrying out road opening duties. The violence comes days after an employee of the Block Development Council was killed by militants and an advocate was shot in the Hawal area of the city, according to the Jammu and Kashmir police. The CBI this morning raided 14 properties linked to Karnataka Congress Chief D.K. Shivakumar in three states, Delhi, Maharashtra and Karnataka, over an alleged corruption case. The raids, which began at around 6.30am in the morning, have been called by the Congress as an attempt to derail their preparation for bypolls in Karnataka. D.K. Shivkumar's home in Sadashiv Nagar, an upscale locality in Bengaluru, was one of the many locations searched by the investigative agency. Just across the road, the home of his brother, who is also a member of parliament, D.K. Suresh, was also searched. The alleged corruption case against the Karnataka Congress chief was registered by the CBI based on the inputs shared by the Enforcement Directorate over a money laundering investigation. The CBI in its statement this morning said, and I quote, Searches are being conducted today at 14 locations, including 9 in Karnataka, 4 in Delhi and 1 in Mumbai, unquote. About 50 lakh rupees have been seized so far from the 14 locations. Last year, the Congress leader was also arrested by the Enforcement Directorate after four days of questioning over money laundering allegations. And now for some international updates. 
global coronavirus infections have crossed the 35.2 million mark, including 1.04 million deaths. Russia's daily tally of new COVID-19 cases rose to its highest since 12th of May on Monday as authorities reported over 10,800 new infections nationwide, including 3,537 in Moscow alone. Bars in the Paris region have been ordered to close down from tomorrow after health authorities in France reported a spike in the number of COVID-19 infections amongst the 20 to 30 years age group. Restaurants in and around the city have been told that they can stay open on the condition that they enforce new and stricter health safety regulations. The measures comes hours after the government announced that the Paris region was being declared as an area of maximum alert after worsening COVID-19 infection rates. After the UK COVID-19 cases jumped by nearly 23,000 amid an infection backlog, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has said that the current soaring numbers of COVID-19 cases in the country is in line with the government's forecasts and the next few weeks will be crucial to see if local lockdowns can get on top of the virus. Services for mentally ill and substance abuse patients have been disrupted worldwide during the COVID-19 pandemic and the disease is expected to cause further distress for many, according to the World Health Organization. Only 7% of the 134 countries responding to the WHO survey reported that all mental health services were fully open, while 93% of them reported curtailed services for various disorders. The renewed effort in the U.S. Congress to reach a fresh deal to pump COVID-19 relief funds into the pandemic-hit economy have been further complicated by the news of President Donald Trump and three Senate Republicans testing positive. Congress and the White House had approved more than $3 trillion worth of COVID-19 relief measures earlier this year, but no new relief has been passed since March. Meanwhile, President Donald Trump managed to pull off another stunt yesterday afternoon after he made an impromptu appearance outside of the hospital, waving from inside an SUV to a crowd of supporters who had gathered outside. Many people have raised concerns about the other people who were in the car with Trump who was seen wearing a mask. An attending physician at the Walter Reed Medical Center, where Trump is currently admitted, condemned Trump's drive, calling it insanity. Dr. James Phillips, a full-time emergency medical physician at Walter Reed, wrote on Twitter, and I quote, Every single person in the vehicle during that completely unnecessary presidential drive-by just now has to be quarantined for 14 days. They might get sick, they might die. For political theatre. Commanded by Trump to put their lives at risk for theatre. This is insanity. Unquote. In a second tweet, Phillips said, and I quote again, The irresponsibility is astounding. Unquote. The president, meanwhile, has been tweeting out a string of campaign slogans in all caps since the last one hour from the time we're recording this podcast. Let me read out some for you. Fight the corrupt fake news media. Vote. Biggest tax cut ever and another one coming. Vote. Religious liberty. Vote. Pro-life. Vote. Law and order. Vote. And so on and so forth. In other news, three scientists who discovered the virus hepatitis C have won the 2020 Nobel Prize in Medicine or Physiology. The winners are British scientist Michael Hewton and US researchers Harvey Alter and Charles Rice. The Nobel Prize committee said their discoveries ultimately saved millions of lives. The virus is a common cause of liver cancer and a major reason why people need a liver transplant. In the 1960s, there was a huge concern that people receiving donated blood were getting chronic hepatitis from an unknown mysterious disease. The Nobel Prize Committee said that blood transfusion at the time was like Russian roulette. 
Highly sensitive blood tests mean such cases have now been eliminated in many parts of the world and effective antiviral drugs have also been developed. The Prize Committee said, and I quote, For the first time in history, the disease can now be cured, raising hopes for eradicating hepatitis C virus from the world. Unquote. However, 70 million people are currently living with the virus, which almost kills around 400,000 a year. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Do watch the latest episode of News Laundry Interviews where Manisha Pandey spoke to film director Alankrita Srivastava about her latest movie Dolly Kitty or Wo Chamakte Sitare. The director also talked about how her experience at Jamia Millia Islamia University shaped her as a filmmaker, her thoughts on the current discourse on the university and the ongoing Bollywood witch hunt in connection with the investigation into actor Sushant Singh Rajput's death. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.